Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky, and we got a really short one today for you. Just kind of recapping Knicks Cavaliers game in Cleveland last night. It was a blowout. It was not very good. But before we get going, subscribe if you're new. Please like, comment on videos on YouTube. If you're an audio-only listener, give it a rate. Give it a listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. One small shout-out to a player that I need him to play better. Paulo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic, please stop messing around. You're on my fantasy team, and you look like you've regressed harder than Scotty Barnes last year, and I need you to stop doing that. I need you to wake up. It's You're four games in. It's time to wake the hell up. Uh, you're in the NBA. It's your second year. If you regress, you will get slandered into oblivion. Being a rookie is all fun and games, but if you keep this up, it's gonna it's gonna turn out very bad, poorly for you. Uh, <laughs> with that aside, let's get into it. So, I was really excited for this game. I know that a game ago for the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was just Evan Mobley with Donovan out with a uh, hamstring injury. But even without Garland, I like I figured the Knicks would win this game. But I was thinking. Maybe Donovan goes off. Maybe Evan Mobley goes off. And for the most part, that is correct. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did go off in the second quarter. He finally he got it going. Hamstring is looking perfectly fine. But before we continue any further with that, I want to basically tell you the Knicks are very good. They do struggle offensively at times, it looks like, but this is a very good all-around team. It's obviously defensive-minded because as long as you're under Tom Thibodeau, this will always be, at bare minimum, a league average defense. But they have a great starting five. They have a good five off the bench. Um, You're looking at uh, R.J. Barrett. Very much looks like he's taking a leap coming straight from FIBA when he was playing with Canada, he was playing very well, and it looks like he is continuing that momentum for the most part. Maybe a game every now and then that doesn't look as good. Um, Brunson is looking phenomenal as well. Just really crafty, slithery kind of player. That's all looking great. Um, I will say that right now the track record would indicate that what is happening in the first four games of the season will continue happening for the next 78 games, which means that Julius Randle is yet again going through the, if last year he was an all-star, almost all NBA, then this year he's going to be absolutely terrible. And that is exactly what is happening. So that is the concern for the Knicks, I feel like. I also think there's a little bit more concerned on, I think you're better when you, for the Knicks, with the kind of talent, they don't have overwhelming talent. They don't have like the Victor Wimbanyama or like LeBron James like those top tier guys. This is a team made up of top thir- like you got a bunch of top 30, top 40, top 50 guys, but like it's a lot of them. So that's why their depth really helps them and they're a well-rounded team. But you don't need to be doing what everyone else does. Like sure Josh Hart or Dante DiVincenzo, you know, Brunson, RJ, like let them take threes, but it doesn't need to be everyone. Quentin Grimes, right? Uh, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I think, um, there's a little bit of a problem of, and I think that's the reason is one of the things looking at like the real con of this team so far is that I felt like when I watched this game, 
there were more assists than there actually were. And I'd like, I'm going to try and have a graph during this, uh, for vi like YouTube, uh, watchers, there'll be a graph. So I'll talk through the graph for audio only. But basically what ended up happening is that I thought that the New York Knicks had way more assists than they did. The Knicks are averaging bottom six in the league assists per game. In this game, they only had 18. And looking at the numbers from like the starting unit is truly shocking. Like, they, the starting unit, collectively, had five assists all game long. And, but part of this was that Julius Randle finally woke up and decided, of instead of taking threes, which he's been terrible on, and I'm going to eventually find his season shooting, but so far I haven't found that quite yet. It, it's it's looking rough. It's looking like the Randle regression is happening, but they only, they only had five through the starters. That's not an acceptable amount of assists, but that basically means they're either trying to do more isolation, which I don't love, uh, especially because that doesn't carry over very well into the playoffs, or they're just getting fouled a lot, which was definitely evident in this game. They just abused Evan Mobley and the front court uh, for the Cavaliers. And that's what I like, is when Julius Randle doesn't have it going, just attack. You are much bigger than Evan Mobley. You're much bigger um, than Isaac Okoro. Just take it to the rack. They can't really stop you, especially without Jared Allen currently. And so that's basically what won them the game. But I, I want to talk about the Cavaliers side, and I'll bring the final bit of pros for the Knicks when I talk about that. So let's switch sides. There's two very obvious problems with the Cavaliers so far. One... Donovan Mitchell needs help. Donnie needs help. He needs help bad. This man was carrying today uh, or last night. So he had about 26 points. There was only two to three other people with uh, on the team. I think it's just three other players with double digits. And it was only ele those 11 points. He almost had as much as all three other double digit scores on this team. And they, it was disgusting. And the problem here is that in the first quarter, it's very obvious with Garland out that he, they, um, JB Bickerstaff wanted him to get him the ball and like, I want you to make plays. You're the point guard with Garland out, and I respect that. But I don't respect you continuously doing that when it's very obvious that the Knicks will start creating a lead if he does not cook. And that's the problem here is that he started cooking. I mean, he, he had like 22 points in the second, not in the second quarter, by the end of the first half. And I think I think it was probably like, he probably had like 15 or 16 points, maybe 13 in the second quarter. I mean, they just couldn't stop him. And the game changed. Now, the game changed because, and this is where I really am going to go on a rant. They started trapping him like he was Trey Young in the Miami Heat series uh, two years ago. And they had nothing. They couldn't do anything. They just trapped him every time he crossed the halfway mark in the third quarter. And then this lead, lead just basically was created. Like during like six straight minutes of them trapping Donovan Mitchell and him trying to get rid of the ball, the Cavaliers could like not score at all. And then the Knicks kind of couldn't either, but they kept going to the free throw line. So it really, it'd be like, okay, this is a close like five, six point game. And then, and it's 10, and it's 15. It, got, it started bubbling up to like 18, 19. 
and you're just thinking, what the hell is going on? So eventually it started being like, all right, we're going to start screening, which six minutes in, you should have started setting picks for Donovan earlier. But at that point, it was kind of like a mess. And Donovan, like, Jamie Bickerstaff is like, I'm going to put a, like give him some rest because he's going to need a cook in the fourth. No, no, that was a bat. You needed to keep playing him. But the other part here is that it shouldn't just be a one-man show. So I'm looking directly at the camera at you, Evan Mobley. What the hell, man? You have not progressed offensively at all. Do not let that other game fool you. The 33 points game where he was the only like all-star caliber starter on that team against the OKC Thunder and they lost very badly. Don't let that fool you. This is for real. This is this this is the one. And, and I what I really want to say here is that for what I thought was going to be the reason they could be the a top three seed, even top one seed was I thought that the shooting was going to help. And I realize now that I overvalued that because basically what's happening, especially without Garland and Allen, those shooters shoot much better when they're wide open. And they are not going to be wide open if Donovan's getting trapped and then they touch the ball and then a defender is already on them. They, like Good defenses will break this team down very quickly without Garland there to alleviate... Donovan Mitchell's um, duties for the most part. You can't, ball, like, ball handling and scoring and trying to play defense. I've seen this before because I watched so many Trey Young-led teams without a ball handling guard next to him. So they need Garland back. But really, this is more of, like, Evan Mobley, why do you have concrete hands? Why can't you win the rebound battles? I know that Julius Randle is big, and I know Mitchell Robinson is big, but, like, dude... You're a core piece of like how this team will get over the top. I know you're defend like he'll get his blocks and blah blah blah, but he cannot handle the ball. He could like it feels kind of like Julius Randle in the sense of like he had 33 the other day and then he's got like six tonight. It's just like what the hell, man? Like minus 19 from the field. I he can't really dribble. They just they, every time I saw him dribble, getting ready to like take like a step, dribble, and then dunk. He just gets stripped every time. It was. It felt like he was a liability with the ball in his hands on the offensive end. Hey guys, sorry for the weird cut here, but I'm actually editing this video right now and I just want to put something in in terms of the sequence of ranting that I just did. I want to first say that obviously when it comes to the shooting, it will get better once Darius Garland comes back in. But one of the things I think I forgot to mention was that I think the lack of playmaking in the front court, especially with Jarrett Allen, who's probably not a great ball handler, um, with Evan Mobley, who I've just gone on a rant about how bad he is as a ball handler, and then leaving to those duties to either Max Struess, Imani Bates, Karis LeVert, or Georges Niang feels like a disaster in terms of front court playmaking. And as, as I've talked about many times, as an Atlanta Hawks fan, among all the things that went wrong for the Hawks last year, one of the worst things that really killed us, especially in the playoffs when we started to try and fight back against the almighty Boston Celtics, was we had no front court playmaking. And the spacing issues plus uh, front court playmaking or lack thereof becomes an offensive and then later will become a defensive liability in terms of if you can't score, then like 
defending becomes that much harder because you have to somehow try and make up for the lack of scoring. So you put more emphasis on the defense. So eventually you just kind of like roll over and die. And this is, this is one thing that I really should have put in this video, but it is absolutely a problem. And that's kind of why I go on this tangent about needing a trade four games in. But for the most part, I think, I, yeah, that's about it. So got to go by. And then the other thing is just Struess and Niang. They were just eh from three. They were just so streaky in this game. It just felt like it just got away really early on in the third quarter to the point where it's just like Donovan needs some help. Garland will help that. But I think even though Garland and Allen were not in this game today, Part of me still feels like I learned something, and it, it makes me feel less good about these Cavaliers. Uh, they need to make a trade. I know we're four games in, and they haven't really fully played. Like All of them have not been fully healthy playing together. I just constantly have felt that this team needs the like a glue guy, a really puts a bow tie on this starting five. That's a two-way player. That helps the front court um, offensively when because they can only score from like five feet outside of the basket, or defensively for the back court who can't couldn't guard a parked car. So that's the problem. Is this? It's like offensively heavy in the back court, defensively heavy in the front court, and those will win you regular season games. But I just feel like a team like the Knicks just like carving them up like barbecued chicken. It's like. If you can't show me you've improved at all about the team that just what they whooped your ass game in game out of that first round series. I typically do a playoff bracket style NBA bracket style like March Madness kind of thing for the NBA with my friends. Every single one that took uh, took part in that bracket challenge, not a soul picked the Knicks. So none of us saw the fact that the Knicks would work the Cavs in five games. And it looks like the Cavs haven't improved at all against this team. And I'm going to probably end this by saying congratulations to the Knicks. Still a great defensive team. Their offense will improve, I, f I feel like, as long as you can just hold Julius Randle um, aware to the fact that like if the shot's not falling just take it to the rack and that can work itself out and then just uh progress from some of the younger guys on this team but this is a solid team with a lot of assets to make a big trade but i think that will come down the line and then for the cavaliers this one i was really hoping for like a closer game i know they were gonna lose uh, some of their guys but something here like something died inside me watching these calves where it's just like I don't know if it's the coach. I don't. I think it might be the roster construction. I'm really quick to kill the coach, right? Yeah, as you've heard in a bunch of my recent episodes. But today, I, I just want to say I think the roster construction. I think the Cavaliers jumped the gun by getting Donovan Mitchell. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think that it might have been a bad decision. And my big hot take: four games into the season. I think Donovan Mitchell will not sign that extension. I think he will just walk for nothing when it's time. Uh, there's going to need to be massive improvement. So we're going to come back to this topic probably around 
let's say after the in-season tournament is done. That gives a lot of time for them to come back and flesh things out, and I'll let you know if my opinions change. But yeah, that's about it for today. Uh, tomorrow will be a longer episode. I just wanted to do this one. Kind of sucks that I made that proclamation about how I don't want to watch the Spurs and the uh, Suns game, and then it was a one-point game. The graphic was like Suns lead the entire game up until the final possession where <laughs> the Spurs steal the ball and win by one point. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Um, please subscribe if you're new. Give it a like. Give it a comment if you're on, you're on YouTube. If you're audio-only listener, um, please rate and listen to it again, I guess. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening, all that good stuff, and I will see you tomorrow. Peace.